What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. On today's episode, it's a primer for Week 12 in the Houston Texans with everything you need to know and the game plan the Dolphins should carry into this weekend. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked on Network. If you are unfamiliar with yours truly, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com. And uh, we're, we're changing up the order of the programming this week a little bit. We're going to put Power to Pot at the end of the week, uh, which is the mailbag episode. And today we're focused on a Texans primer. We're going to talk about the game plan. Then tomorrow, we're going to do crossover Thursday on Thanksgiving with Locked on Texans. And then on Friday, we'll finish with the mailbag to take us into week 12 with the Dolphins searching for their fifth consecutive win. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. So... The Houston Texans, the Dolphins coming out of the bye. Doesn't sound like we'll see Byron Jones this week. Coach McDaniel provided that update earlier in the week. Uh, but the Dolphins largely having a chance to hit the reset button, get themselves fresh uh, after the 10-game chunk to start the season. Dolphins sitting at 7-3 there in first place in the AFC East with a chance to move to 8-3 and three and be one win away from clinching their third consecutive winning season baby steps right we'll talk about playoffs when we get closer to playoffs but let's get that eighth win this week and then we can start worrying about win number nine with of course the dolphins with a three-game road trip after this game against houston which means coming out of the bye you get a chance to really set the tone and i think that is important for the dolphins and as i look across the texans uh, there's, there's not going to be a lot of flattering metrics that you're going to find here for this Houston Texans team. They're a rebuilding team. And they obviously hit the reset button, uh, embracing draft capital, trading Deshaun Watson for three first-round picks this past offseason to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're going to pick a lot by volume. This is a team that, uh, they're t from a team-building perspective, they're kind of in the 2019 Dolphins approach right now in that the the roster is a lot of bare bones, uh, but they do have more first-year players than what the Dolphins did that first year because the Dolphins spent all of that time kind of stripping away all the bad contracts. Houston didn't have that kind of weight strapped onto them uh, prior to this that, this past offseason. But the Texans, uh, they started 0-0-1. They tied the Indianapolis Colts. Then they lost three consecutive games. Uh, to the Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears, and L.A. Chargers before beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by a final score of 13-6, to despite the fact that the te Texans posted 248 yards of offense versus a 420-22 for, for the Jaguars. And then they have reeled off five consecutive losses after a week six bye. So the trends for Texans, you could say, are mm, not great. But then you look at the metrics. This team is 30th in the NFL in scoring offense, 159 points in 10 games. I'm not a math guy, but you move the decimal place over one spot to the left. It's less than 16 points per game the Texans are averaging. 
They haven't scored more than 20 points since that week four loss to the Chargers. 13, 20, 10, 17, 16, 10. Obviously, you look at the Dolphins scoring trends. There's a magic number here, and it's like 24. And if you get 24 against this Texans team, you're going to feel good about your chances to win the game. The Texans are conceding on average 230 or 230 points per game total. So that's 23 points per game. Uh, that is 18th in the NFL in scoring defense. So they are respectable in that regard. But the Texans are dead last in yards offensively per game. 32nd, with under 290 yards per game on average. Uh, they're 30th in the NFL in first downs. They are 26th in the NFL in passing yardage. They are dead last in the NFL in interceptions thrown uh, with 11. 30, that's 32nd. Uh, they are 29th in the NFL in raw rushing totals. We'll talk a lot about Damian Pierce the rest of this week. He's a fourth-round rookie out of University of Florida. He's a really hard runner. He's a really likable player. He's a physical tone setter, but based on game scripts, uh, the Texans end up chasing games quite often, so they don't have the volume to lean into this area of their game uh, that they actually do fairly well. They're 30th in the NFL in rush attempts and averaging 4.2 yards per carry. A lot of that on the back of Damian Pierce, who is the team's leading rusher with 780 yards uh, and 4.5 yards per carry, so he's averaging 78 rushing yards per game. You get past the raw numbers and you look at uh, statistical, um, some of the, the, the more important metrics beyond just raw yards, raw points. Uh, third down, the Texans are converting less than 30% of their third down attempts for the season. 29.4%, uh, that is 30th in the NFL. Uh, they are 29th in the NFL in red zone. 44.4% uh, of red zone trips, 27 of them convert into uh, touchdowns. Uh, that is 29th in the NFL. Uh, defensively, they're actually middle of the road on third downs and in the red zone, uh, 16th in the NFL in, in third down percentage, getting off the field defensively, and then 14th in the NFL. They actually do a pretty good job of holding teams when the field condenses. But you look at from a personnel standpoint, right? You know, we, we talked a lot about production to this point. But you can look at this roster and identify, and there's been some players who have missed some time for varying degrees of reasons. Uh, Brandon Cooks being one. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who was rumored to be dangled at the trade deadline, and then the Texans elected to, to change his captain's status and place that captain's status on Laramie Tunsil. Uh, so he's been a player who has missed some some time for reasons beyond health. Uh, you look at Derek Stingley, the the top choice of this team in this past NFL draft class, and he's been dealing with a hamstring issue, uh, and he was out last week as a result of that. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's completely resolved itself as of Tuesday. Uh, the team, the Texans themselves posted Stingley status uncertain for week 12 at Miami, uh, still dealing with a, quote, mild hamstring strain. So that is uh, a nice feather for Miami to that they could put in their hat potentially if they end up not seeing Derek Stingley Jr. Now, Brandon Cooks played last week, so he will be back. But the primary storyline is... Uh, is 
the quarterback situation. Lovey Smith, the Texans head coach, yesterday was noncommittal to Davis Mills being the starting quarterback moving forward for the Texans. They're considering a quarterback change. Um, the quote was, we're not pleased. And they, they, quite frankly, shouldn't be based off the performance of Davis Mills. And I don't know how much of Houston's struggles offensively are Davis Mills. I think you can look at the interior of this offensive line. They've got a rookie at left guard in Kenyon Green. Uh, Questenberry and Can are their other two interior players. They're not quality starters. I mean, they're, I wouldn't call any of them adequate starters at this point. And you have hopes for Kenyon Green. But he's largely struggled. He he was tested greatly against the commanders and their interior defensive line. AJ Can has, has kind of been a mid-tier right guard for quite some time. He started in Jacksonville for a while. And you look at the wide receivers that, that this team is fielding out there. Brandon Cooks is a quality player, but if you put if you put Xavier Howard on Brandon Cooks and you ask somebody else to beat you in the passing game, is it going to be Chris Moore? Is it going to be Nico Collins? And Nico Collins, I mean, physically talented player, big body guy, kind of a, a more dynamic version of Preston Williams. But if you're going to play a 60-minute football game, what which of their guys outside are going to test you? So that's the first part of this for Miami is you're looking at, okay, how do you successfully you know, construct the game script? If you do what you did against Cleveland, where you get up multiple squirrels, scores uh it will be to the umpteenth degree the same snowball effect that you saw against cleveland uh, but i think it'll be a lot more intense against houston so starting fast in this football game uh, and taking advantage of the speed that you have with or without Derek stingley on the field for the texans is like prerogative number one because it gets the texans away from the one thing that they can do offensively that could test somebody and could give a team some trouble if you continue to to string out throughout the course of 60 minutes and you know, Texans play, they played the Eagles tough for 60 or for 30 minutes uh, on Thursday night football, a couple weeks ago at home, uh, they ended up losing by 12 points. The Eagles eventually just, they just ground them down and the talent advantage took over down the stretch. I think that's something you could feasibly see uh, take place if the Texans do play this tough. But as we saw the dolphins be able to do against Nick Chubb, they had a lot of success in bottling your traditional runs. Davis Mills is not going to test you with his legs. So there's a lot of variables at play here for Miami that I think as long as you're able to put 14, 17 points on the board in the first half of this football game, you're going to find yourself in a very favorable position at the end of the road. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Fortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which, is what, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. With all the benefits of in-person therapy, BetterHelp is more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to match with the therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. 
Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. So assessing the Texans defensively, they are the number 32 team in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Through 10 games, they are averaging nearly 180 rushing yards conceded. That's boosted by the fact that the Bears put 281 on them, and it's boosted by the fact that the Titans put 314 on them without Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis played quarterback. The Texans uh, conceded 314 rushing yards and, and 40 passing yards. There's been one game this season in which the Texans have not conceded at least 140 yards or 135 yards rushing. There's been two games this season where the Texans have not conceded at least 140 yards rushing. There's been three games this season in which the Texans have not conceded at least 150 yards rushing. So if I'm the Dolphins, some of this is perpetuated by game scripts and teams getting out on top of them early, right? I mean, that, that's kind of a natural progression. If you score a lot of points, you're going to transition into running the football to kill the clock. And the Texans really, they, they're just not built to stop that right now. They're very soft up the middle. Uh, I, I look at kind of the personnel groups that they have up front. They have a couple aging defensive ends. Um, their resistance on the interior is effectively non-existent. Uh, they're very soft up front on the inside. And then their linebackers, they got a rookie in Jake Hansen, Christian Kirksey, and another rookie in Christian Harris are their three linebackers. Jalen Petrie is a second-round pick from Baylor, kind of a Brandon Jones-type player. Uh, he's a little smaller than Brandon Jones, and he's experiencing the challenges of uh, – Baylor did some pretty unique stuff with him as far as playing him up in the box, and he's charged with playing a little more in space, and it's caused some growing pains. But this Texans defense, it's, it's actually very surprising to see them check in with some of the respectable measures that they do as far as scoring defense and 230 points allowed, so 23 points per game, 18th in the NFL. But you say all that, and they're giving up nearly 400 yards of offense. They are 31st in the NFL in offense, total offense conceded. They are... Uh, 29th in the NFL in first downs allowed, 218. Teams are averaging 6.7 net yards per attempt. That includes throwaways, sacks, and so on. Uh, that is 26th in the NFL. 5.1 yards per rush. That is 29th in the NFL. There's very few teams across the league that average a longer time of possession per possession against the Texans. Uh, They're 29th in that category as well. And for all the goodness of uh, the third down, they're 16th in the NFL in third down conversions defensively. Uh, they're 26th in the NFL in fourth down conversions. Uh, 62% of fourth down attempts against the Texans have been conceded. So as you look at the group, Jerry Hughes is really the guy. Uh, veteran, veteran defensive lineman. He has eight sacks to this point in the season. Nobody else has more than three and a half. Uh, that's Rasheem Green, and nobody beyond that has more than one and a half. You get into Jonathan Grenard and Kirksey and Petrie and Stingley. 
Um, it, it's not really a group that has a lot of balance to get after the quarterback. So my expectations for the Dolphins are pretty clear. You've pitched clean sheets in three of your last four starts for Tua Tungvaloa. There's no reason this shouldn't be another clean sheet. It should be another very clean pass protection, especially with the play-action passing and the success that you're expecting to establish on the ground. If you're able to do that, and you can make quick decisions with the football, then I think the Dolphins are on their way to playing a game in which I think you can get meaningful reps for other non-traditional players, right? And you saw this a little bit against the Browns. And there's not going to be too many games in which you're going into, which I have this mentality and I say this kind of stuff out loud because it's the NFL. But the explosiveness of the Dolphins, you have an expectation you're going to score 30-plus points. The one thing the Texans do well, the Dolphins naturally match up well against. And I understand we might not have Keon Crossin, so you might be light in corners, but like Igbo didn't dress last week against the Browns. Igbo is going to dress, right? They've got good offensive tackle play right now. Two first-round picks, Laramie Tunsil. Round of applause. I will never not clap for Laramie. Um, and then Titus Howard, the other offensive tackle. They do have quality tackle play. But you have a largely non-mobile quarterback, and you have a defensive front that puts Jalen Phillips inside at the three technique, has Christian Wilkins, has Zach Sealer, is willing to move guys around. We'll mug guys like Van Ginkle and Melvin Ingram up there. Bradley Chubb's probably going to live on the edge. It's a problematic matchup for Houston, if we're being honest. So the thing that the Texans do well offensively, you are going to probably be able to negate if you show up in the right frame of mind to play the football game. And then the thing that the Texans are the worst at defensively is the thing that you just showed the greatest level of life that you have all season in, and you're going to want to continue that momentum. Run the ball, right? So quick decisions. I'd expect you're going to have a very efficient passing game. I don't think they're going to be able to space you. This is a team that wants to play some Tampa 2, some cover 2. You're going to get a lot of zone because they don't have the horses to man up against anybody. So it's all spot throws. So if you're going to move the, the launch point, you're going to make quick decisions and space the field. I just don't think you're, you're going to have a lot of success if you're Houston getting home and disrupting the timing of the passing game. So I'm expecting like a, a two-touchdown win for Miami. I know the spread's floating somewhere around two touchdowns right now. But that doesn't mean this can't be a meaningful football game. There's a number of different ways in which this game, I have expectations, is going to provide valuable reps for the Dolphins for the stretch run. What do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked. But before we get there, let me tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So how do we get meaningful reps against the Texans? I'm glad you asked. There are going to be players down the stretch on this depth chart that are going to have to play big roles for the team. Attrition is just part of the game of football. So we've made a very big point of emphasis and focus on the Dolphins using the bye week to hopefully get healthy, get right, get guys you know, with some bumps and bruises and bangs, the extra week of rest, the extra treatment that they need. Coach McDaniel talks a lot about guys being healers. But you're going to endure and experience more bumps and bruises throughout the final stretch. It's just the way the game of football works. Getting guys more playing time than would log playing time in a competitive 60-minute football game is a storyline that I am hopeful that we see transpire. I am hopeful we get a chance to get Savan Ahmed more live reps. I'm hopeful that we get a chance to work the swing tackle, Greg Little, a little bit down the stretch. I'm hopeful that we get to see more Skylar Thompson in this football game. I do not want to see Skylar Thompson play any football in meaningful football for the rest of the season. But getting him reps and getting guys like that reps, getting playing with a little bit looser frame of mind to play a, a more aggressive coverage than you would if it was a three-point ball game with three minutes left. Let Noah play in the face of some of these receivers and try and press him in man coverage and actually bring pressure. Oh. Get Verone McKinley playing the deep middle and have another safety who's walked up and, and roaming the box in a pressure situation. The Dolphins still, according to next-gen stats, have the two fastest sacks of the season. But they came in the first three weeks when the Dolphins were playing a style of football that allowed them to put their safeties up on the line of scrimmage and play zero because they hadn't lost Nick Needham at this point. So young guys like that getting reps in this football game as the game unfolds is a storyline I'm hopeful that we can talk about on Monday next week and really appreciate the opportunity that they got and how some of those guys took those performances. And if you make mistakes, okay, make those mistakes now and then learn to apply them for when the competition uh, heats up down the stretch. But you only get to that place. You only get to that place if you come into this game with the proper focus and frame of mind as a successful team that comes to work intent on taking care of business. It's the NFL, you can't overlook anybody. But at the same time, you look at the matchups that are available. You look at the talent discrepancy. And if the Dolphins are of the right frame of mind, and I have no reason to believe that they would not be based on the way that their season has gone and their messaging from Coach McDaniel, you should put yourself in a position to have a non-stressful close to the second consecutive football game before the competition really heats up and you've got to hit the road for the West Coast on consecutive weeks. I'm hopeful that's the case. A lot of timing routes, 
A lot of focus on running the ball, particularly between the tackles. I'm looking for inside zone. I'm looking for another big game from Jeff Wilson. Uh, I don't think there's anything crazy exotic that you're going to have to do in this football game with, with the talent that Houston presents. And then offensively, I would, again, play it similar to how you chose to play the Browns. But Jacoby Brissett, you got after him a lot. But Jacoby avoided some negative plays as a veteran quarterback. This is not a veteran quarterback. And Brandon Cook's a good receiver, but he's not Amari Cooper. And Damian Pierce is a good physical back, but he's not Nick Chubb. So this is the third week in a row that I'm looking at the Dolphins' D plan and I'm, uh, defensive game plan, and I'm saying, I hope you did exactly the same thing you did last week because I'm expecting better results. Man pressure, man pressure situations on third down. A lot of four or five-man rushes. You know, we don't need to bring six. Go win your one-on-ones. And I have a high level of confidence that the Dolphins will do that. So uh, this is a game I'm excited to kind of get some additional perspective on uh, from Locked On Texans. We have the crossover tomorrow, and then we have uh, the fan mailbag on Friday to close out the week. So we got a great rest of week planned ahead of us. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Make it a great one.